Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, here we go. Welcome in to the Garden Report. A new season has God, begun. I missed that. Is that enthusiasm, John? Or no? I know I missed you guys. We haven't we haven't done one of these in so long. Um, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, we were just talking. New about season, it. same, John. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking We were just talking about this like thirty seconds ago off camera. Um, before we started the show, it's amazing. It's we the NBA hasn't been gone long enough for us to miss it. You know this this game lacked. In addition to just being a, a, a garbage game, uh, it was gross and hard to watch because it's the first preseason game. Uh, nothing really changed. We just saw these guys. You know, uh, we did get to see some stuff. Obviously, the rookies played a lot in the second half. We got to see some Jeff Teague action. There actually was some encouraging stuff. Not a ton from the starters. Um, so again, just introducing, reintroducing everybody, uh, Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone. It's the Celtics post game show and, um, Celtics lose the 76ers and we're okay with that. We can handle that. Um, there was some, there was some gross stuff tonight. Let's start with the gross and then we'll move to the good. What do you guys say? That's, That's how we roll. So absolutely. Okay. Gross. The grossest thing, um, the good players were bad. Right. I was going to say, just one? Yeah. yeah. That was gross. Uh, Tatum combined 19 points on six of 28 field goals, one for 11 from three. Whatever. Uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, your 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 thoughts on just what we saw early in the game when the starters were in there? Yeah, in any event, nine turnovers in the first quarter is unconscionable. Uh, this is – this is the story of the early season. And it makes me think about Kemba. We talked a lot about the ceiling being lowered with him out. The floor is definitely lowered too, because this is one of the lower turnover rate guys in the NBA. And that's one thing you count on him for beyond the explosive scoring is being a guy who barely ever turns the ball over. Now you're relying on guys with higher rates. I still bring up that stat with Jeff Teague, and he wasn't the culprit tonight. It was more Tatum and Smart and the other guys that you mentioned. But uh, he had a 13% turnover rate with Atlanta last year um, on the ball. So it's going to be rough. It's going to be atypical of a Brad Stevens team, how many turnovers this team's going to have early in the year without Kemba and reliable ball handlers. That's part of Tatum's growth too. Three turnovers, two assists tonight. It's they don't have a reliable ball handler who isn't prone to turning the ball over at a high rate. Speaking of which, did Jalen Brown forget how to dribble? Or I mean, again, it's early in the it's early in the off season, but it, yeah, the, he was rough. Every yeah. time I see every time I see that version of Jalen, I have massive PTSD. You know, just from the early <laughs> years where you just yeah, yeah, bad flashbacks. And I know yeah. again, first preseason, we're not going to overreact. Just that stuff freaks me out. Yeah, I had that going too. Because, because, because you're counting, you're counting on him to be a full-on creator facilitator this year. There is no, oh, he's working on it sort of stuff. You just need him to be the guy. Right, right. Yeah, but John, I think the biggest difference between, you know, rookie year, uh, you know, Jalen Brown compared to what we saw tonight is that it wasn't more of he didn't have it or he was second-guessing himself. He was forcing the issue. It was like he wanted to take on double teams and, you know, drop 20 all in, in, in one half. And I just think it was just he wasn't letting the game come to himself, unlike the rookie which we'll get to later, Peyton Pritchard, who I thought that let the game come to him. He let the uh, he, he saw what the defense was giving him, and he took his time, whereas Jalen Brown was forcing the issue every single time. And every after every single turnover or every uh, missed basket, it was like he got more frustrated throughout that first half. Yeah, we, we're sitting here talking about how, like, wow, this season's starting up again. We're not even over. Like, last season, we're, we're not even, like, over hey, the high. From, I'll, I'll take it all year over. around. We're not even over the high from from the bubble playoffs, but if we're thinking that, I kind of wonder what the Jays are feeling or what Marcus Smart's thinking, you know, or feeling, you know, after putting in the work that they did and, and you know, all of a sudden they're back at it again. I mean, there's 
there's probably a bit of that, you know, for the first preseason game. These guys aren't going to be going, you know, 100 miles an hour out there. They're shaking off some of the vacation rust. And it's well-earned rest that these guys had from the bubble until now. I can't really – I don't think any any one of us can really expect them to have been going, you know, full-on in the offseason here because it was such a short amount of time. So I'm expecting to see that rust. Um and it's preseason on top of it all. Preseason in a normal year, you know, we always go into these games like super pumped and hyped up. And then we're like, wow, this is preseason. It's kind of crappy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess to be expected to see uh, how some of these guys looked a little bit. Um, you know, did Jalen Brown forget how to dribble or did he remember how not to dribble? Because that was kind of <laughs> yeah. that was kind of the big knock on him uh, before last season. So hopefully not no uh, regression there. Uh, but I'm not worried about those guys. I mean, not at gonna, all. Not at all. They're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, so, the, the I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Up, I, mean, honestly, I mean, the biggest reason I bring it up, guys, obviously because Jalen Brown is supposed to be, you know, the number two option, right? The, the this is the season, right? That's one point. But the big, the, the other reason why is because I, I, I'm kind of saw what I was worried about heading into the season, right? I, I'm seeing no Kimball Walker, the offense a little stagnant at times. Everyone's sort of looking around. That's, that scares me because if he's not in addition in those open spaces, that's when he's going to be most effective. If Jeff Teague or whether it's Teague, Pritchard, or Smart, obviously, who started the game, who had a couple of sloppy possessions down the stretch, or at least in that first quarter down the stretch where he looked like he was trying to find his guys, he was doing that. I, I texted you guys, he was doing that classic Marcus Smart thing where he drives the baseline, jumps in the air, and just looks for a pass midair. I, I hate that. I, I, I was surprised that he still does, you know, <laughs> does that. But there were some positive takeaways from Marcus Smart. He has to keep pushing that ball. Like we saw. I don't want him taking a charge in preseason game number one. Just be, don't be stupid. Like, He's setting the tone. Yeah, Do we need that? It only play one way. The pressure's on now, John. It's different. Yeah, I agree with Bobby. You can't just change the way Yes, play. you can. It's the priest. It's just who he is. It's just no, who he is. He, he has never done anything else. He's never going to change. I mean, I'd rather have that than, I don't know. I don't want to name names, but <laughs> the guys who can't get their motor going. Uh, all right, I'll name a name. How, how'd Rob Williams look to everybody tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I think the easiest way to say it is he looked exactly the same. Exactly yeah. the same. I, so he gets that offensive exactly rebound, misses a point blank pull up. He's great on the rolls, but nothing else. And he has a prime opportunity here to really have another blow up game. And you're right, he looks the same. Uh, so it's, to be expected, the same guy. What I worry about, Rob, is that, and we've talked about in the past shows, like, does he have that extra level? Can he take it? to that, you know, kick it into that fifth gear. Does he even get angry out there? Like, is there, is that part of who he is? Is part of his mental makeup? Like, is that in his game? Because if it isn't, it, it's not going to end well for him because you need to have that mentality at some point in, in these, you know, competitive games going up against the world's best big men and skilled players. I mean, obviously I don't expect him to go toe to toe with Embiid in, in preseason game one, but you want to see some flashes and I want to, for me, it's the, it's the like tenacity that I'm looking to see out of him. And I just haven't really seen that. You guys don't care. You're like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the defense tonight. <laughs> I thought he ate some of those Embiid post-ups. And again, Embiid, we'll talk about Philly a little bit tonight too. He just kind of out there jacking shots and they went in, but this was another game where he probably could have had 35 if you wanted to. And again, preseason, but more spot-ups, more face-ups than backing guys down and plowing through them in the room. Rob ate a few of those fairly well. I'm, I'm thinking offense. Like, what are some other ways he can get involved? I'm right. get well, even right. on defense, I mean, he yeah. went, he upfaked one time on, like, a handoff pass, you know, like, it, and, he, and he, jumped, yeah. he jumped out of the building on that. You know, like, it's just, he's the same guy. Spacing, Does he need to that perimeter? I mean, spacing, he looked, need- he looked out of place at some parts, uh, at some parts throughout the first half. Uh, the pick-and-roll defense, yeah, I didn't see a whole lot to write home. I don't, I don't know. Same. You need to pull a Marcus all. You need to pull a Marcus all and just cut that mop mid, mid-season here, you know, before we get going. Just start fresh. Five fouls in 18 minutes, too, so he's still none doing the, None of the big seize the opportunity to be sure tonight. If there was any doubt left about Taco Fall contributing, then that went out the window. Ooh, right. thoughts on okay. Taco? <laughs> We're already a Taco. I mean, you got to catch the ball. Thing might be done this year, guys. I don't know. He killed. It's, now. it's not a game anymore. 
I mean, some of those dives to the rim that Pritchard had where he was there for those. You can't do it. He can't catch and collect and go up. (laughs) He can't do that, okay? He can't do that. Then I don't want to hear. Give it to him in the post and he battles his way in or he catches a lob. That's all he can do. That's it. (laughs) I don't want to hear. Give him credit for that, though. Those really tight, you know, pick and roll where he can catch that lob in places where a lot of centers can't reach. Yeah, we'll give him that. Like, that hasn't changed, right? Nothing changed the conversation here. I mean, we know the skill set. We know he has it, but it's just putting it together and seeing it consistently. It's always been the story with Rob. What about Taco Fall in uh, transition uh, in the first quarter there? We saw a little little mini breakaway that he, I fast think he thought he was the point, point center for a second there. He did that in his first game, too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what's going on here? Immediately pauses, like loses it, and that that's the end of it. Oh, what a messy Take game tonight! Uh, the the turnovers was just out of control. With it is. Team. Right, let's let's get to our good stuff then. Um, Fine. Okay, look. So we want to start. Look, these we things know. are all about what. It doesn't matter what jail. Look, I agree with Joe Sway. The Jalen Brown thing only if that's something that you see as a trend or going into the regular season, because that's everybody's concern. And again. Uh, Goodman talked about it on, on on the Garden Report last week with Bob Ryan, whether he truly has it in his DNA to be a number two or he's really better suited for that kind of off-the-ball three transition guy. He'll get his 18-20, but he's not a guy that's going to be like, just give me the ball and get out of the way. The thing is we've seen moments where he has been that guy, uh, but tonight was one of those times where when it's not flowing and he's forcing it, he looks kind of like this. We've seen these games before. So you just need to have fewer of those and more of the ones where it's like, okay, he's a force. Um, so that's fine. And again, the Marcus Smart world in which we're going to watch 15, 16 shots from this guy go up a game, I'm not I'm not here for that. Um, that's just – I don't want to <laughs> see it. So Kemba, hurry back, okay? Jalen works better as a 2B or a 3. Yeah, Jalen works better as a 2B to Walker's 2A or a 3 um, for sure. Um, and then Smart gets his wherever he gets his. That's what you're no, looking we're for. We're going to that conversation uh, for a month from now because we, you know, Kemba Walker's not walking through that door anytime soon. And I think that's what they have to figure, figure out. Is, but that's the thing is 12 games of the season, you know? That's the worry for sure. Mike Let's get to the stuff we want to see. Peyton Pritchard, okay? Yes. Excellent. So, let's get to our man. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding, and it's exactly what the bill on him out of the draft was, relentless. He, nothing scared him at all about going at that team tonight, even defensively, switching on to Embiid, one of those possessions Even in killed, the first half, but, even before it became total scrub time in the second half, his first appearance when he first went out there, he looked like he belonged. Yeah, he bombs into the paint, the pull-up shots. Not the best three-point shooting night ever, but a good debut here all around from him. And he gets the early minutes, too. As we get started talking about some of these rookie minutes, he was the first guy off the bench in rotation as a secondary ball handler for them. You know, Jeff T comes in and gets some more in the third quarter. But uh, the trust there is immediate, not only from Danny Ainge at the top, but Brad Stevens has talked glowingly of him. We'll get into some of the Aaron Naismith uh situation, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I'm interested in talking about that, too. But but Pritchard... All around, looks like he's ready to go right now, and that's what you expect out of a four-year college player coming in. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier about the comfort level, he just looked like someone that just like, – he's been in the league before. And, and obviously, when he first checks in and knocks down a three-pointer, it, it showed. Um, offensively, as a facilitator, I love the way he pushes the ball, uh, the intensity. It seems like he's always a constant threat for opposing defenses. I mean, this is the secondary – ideal secondary playmaker that the Celtics really need right now, the, the Brad Watermaker, if you will. Well, maybe a little bit of uh, upside and, and, and being that, you know, he, he's out of college, four years out of college, and has a lot of, it looks like, in my opinion, a very high, high uh, basketball IQ. Well, he's got the handles. So, so it he does have the handles. Yeah. I touched on that that's, a bit. That's, yeah. that's the best part is. <laughs> this guy was a machine in college. There is no doubt about that. The question was, would it translate? And tonight it did. Right. But the He's one of those kids. Yeah, he's so confident with the ball in his hands that that translates, and it did translate at this level because he's able to handle, he's able to navigate, and he's able to you know get to places, uh, you know, um, and and I, I, I all night long he looked like somebody who absolutely did not look out of place at all. Right, and honestly, it didn't take more than like five minutes into the, or however many minutes into the NBA season for me to miss Tommy Heinsohn because. 
what would he have been saying about Peyton Pritchard this entire game? If Tommy Heinsohn's, you know, in, in the booth right now, he's like, wow, this, I'll tell you, this guy, he reminds me of Danny Ainge, or he reminds me of Bob Cousy, or he would have been naming, like, guys left and right that Peyton Pritchard reminds him of, because he does seem like, listen, I'm not going to overhype Peyton Pritchard at this point, but he seems like a player that belongs in the NBA, right? And I think I texted it to you guys. I was like, he's already done more than Romeo has done in his NBA career. And, it's, and he's five minutes into his preseason career. Like, he already just kind he's of feels He's shown better. more. Yeah, he's shown more. Like, he already, you already just kind of feel better about, like, what this guy could possibly do to help the team. He's not going to, you know, drop 30 points. And he's not Tyler Hero or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, like, he actually looks like a player who can contribute off the bench, which – Believe it or not, it's something that we rarely have been able to say over the last few years, um, you know, especially this early into, you know, this stage into this into the preseason, even and to say, oh, it looks like Danny Ainge may have, may have, you know, gotten a guy here late in the first round that we could actually, you know, use. We've done this before. So be careful. <laughs> and know, around but- the league, I mean, we're not going to get into it too much yet, but they're starting to, you're starting to see some of the guys who went around that spot or later. We're starting to tear it up a little bit. We're going to drive us crazy later. I'm thinking of Malachi Flynn up in Toronto, but we'll wait on that. John, you're, are you, you're frozen for me. I hope you're not frozen for everybody else. I don't know. I feel pretty good. You are, but I can hear you perfectly. Yeah. You sound good. Yeah, you're, you're not shaky. like you're- it's just your face is just stuck like that. It's not a great face to be frozen on. I got full range of motion on my end. (laughs) I see everything. This is the classic Zoom call where you just... We're just telling you what the view is. You go dip out. (laughs) What about Jeff Teague? I mean, talking about guards that impressed. I mean, I thought That's the tough story of the night. Yeah, I mean, I thought T gave you exactly, exactly, if you're a Celtics fan, what you need, um, there was, especially with Kemba, Kemba Walker. I mean, if you can get Teague and Pritchard to perform the way they've performed, you know, over the, <laughs> you know, while Kemba Walker is out, I mean, that's the most you can ask out of these. A two lot guys. of people it, were it dubious, pretty, right, Jimmy? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people were dubious, but not me. I'm a Teague guy through and through. Like I can think of one guy in this quad box. That was a little dubious of the Jeff Teague signing. Yeah. And I think he knows who he is. To me, Teague is the signing of the offseason. <laughs> oh, if he's scoring oh. at it. <laughs> well, you know, he's talking about you, Bobby, bro. He's talking about you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It was great tonight. but the I'm Signing just... of the offseason. No I'm question almost... about yep. it. I can't even think of another candidate. Did we get anybody else? I can't think of anybody. One thing I, tonight is I do not want to see Teague in the starting lineup. Like you need this Celtics need someone like that off the bench so desperately this season. Like it's ridiculous. All right, all right. All right. He has to come off the bench. I like him and Pritchard together. Grant Williams, if you will. You know, like maybe you can't, start, you can't have not, everybody coming off the bench. You have to have Teague as a six man. Like, Teague just had like him against opposing guards. I just think it's ideal, you know? And, and after what we saw tonight, it gets really thin after him, right? For so I don't know. I don't, I don't think Brad has much of a choice if you think about it. Well, what intrigued me was that starting lineup, Javante Green. I, Jimmy didn't think it means a ton, but I love it. to vault a guy up who was pretty much at the bottom of your rotation, he was hurt late last year. He ended up getting a surgery, but he vaulted from the bottom of the rotation, maybe not on the team, to starting here. That means something. It means he's at okay. least going to be part of the rotation. What? What could that possibly mean? These these guys have been together for a nothing. week, Bobby. Like, it meant nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. You think he's means- earned a starting job just like that? No, I don't think he necessarily earned a starting job. It means he's going to play. No, it doesn't. Time. It doesn't even mean that. It meant that rotationally they wanted to see Teague in that second unit. Grant had to probably play second center with that unit for a lot of minutes. Because, because you were down uh, Thompson and Tice. And, Tice. and so just – it made more sense to plug in a wing type player where it is interesting. I will say at the very least is semi would have been the automatic um, guy in here. I ha- I have to think that semi Ojale is all but done in terms of in, in terms of rotation minutes <laughs> beyond that. When Naismith starts to play and gets, gets into a regular rhythm and is part of the rotation, I don't see Ojale and and if Romeo Kim's, I don't see Ojale getting any run. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think, but what you said about Javante Green, though, I mean, I don't know if he'll be a six, seven man off the bench, but I think he may have a shot of cracking the rotation at least until Kemba comes back, or at least until Kemba and. Um, I think he could take 
yeah. and Romeo come back because I just think his athleticism and what he gives to you on the defensive side, like you take all of that that you can get. I mean, Neesmith, he's another one. We'll get into him a little bit later, but I mean, his offense, his, his build, I think when it comes down to him getting minutes, I think Brad Stevens is going to be a little tough with him because he's going to make him earn it. He's going to say, look, if you're going to get playing time here your rookie year, you have to play defense at a high level. And I think he has the body style and the, and the capability to do so. So I think that's why he may not be, you know, you may not be see him in there, you know, right at the beginning of the season, but I like Javante. I like what Javante gives to the Celtics. Yeah. I thought he had a good game. Ste- steady finishing and transition hit a three out of two attempts that he stuck out to me a bit in that position. Now, I'm not saying he's going to start. I'm not saying he's going to be a consistent rotation guy, but they gave him a chance to start last year and he did well with it then too. So he could factor in here somewhere on that wing above semi above Naismith while he starts to integrate himself into this equation here. I, I liked what Naismith brought too though tonight. And you said it Josue. he, has those tools defensively. We all saw the play where he had the block catching up uh, on the drive when Tyrese Maxey blew by him. That's the length that he has. Wasn't in the right position. It was a tough switch. Gets blown by by an athletic guy, but he gets back and makes a good block there. And there were a few plays on screens, I thought, where his length, where his physique really aided, where his positioning did not in those spots. Well, Naismith, you're saying? Yes. Well, right out of the gate. First thing we see of him is a catch, really quick release, shoot, and it goes down. Step back, too. Even though everything else did not drop with him, it was close. He was around the rim. The shot looked good. Uh, You could definitely see what he's got. What is curious, we were talking about this before the game, was um, the way they've talked about him uh, leading up to this. And, Bobby, you pointed this out. I'm going to play a soundbite or two, guys. I want you guys to hear this. Uh, It is interesting Uh, the way Brad Stevens has talked about Aaron Naismith throughout camp. Um, So uh, before I load it with our our opinions and what Bobby's been kind of saying this last week, uh, we'll just play it and let you guys decide. So here's here's one. I'm going to go back to back with them. So play this one first. Aaron Naismith hadn't played a five-on-five game since January till his first practice, and everybody's asking me if he's going to be in the rotation or not. Man, he was just trying to get up and down the court. (laughs) Like – there's so much growth that we all have to go through. We're just on an expedited timeline here. Thank you very much, Coach. Okay, so that was one um, yeah. there where Brad was basically just saying the guy hasn't played basketball, but he didn't really specify why. He didn't say necessarily, oh, it's an injury and that's why he hasn't been playing. Um, and so – He's basically saying in practice, he's not getting up and down the court. Here's another thing Brad said later in the week when they're talking about the rookie impacts. And again, a lot of this had to do with Naismith here. Well, I don't know about making an impact. We'll see down the road. John, there's, you know, um, I've seen rookies and or freshmen when I was coaching in college at a great first few days and then struggled. And I've seen plenty that really struggled, uh, I'd say more than not that really struggled the first couple of weeks and then it clicked and then they were able to really help. Um, I think that these guys are bright, they're working hard and they can impact us appropriately and, um, and in a positive way. That said, I think time will tell um, because it is a different level when you get out there um, with these guys on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so there you have it. He, so he really went out of his way to like pour water on the rookie experience there. Yeah, a couple of times yeah, last week. Those were two separate pressers there, and neither of them were really provoked. That you didn't hear the questions in there, but the first one I had asked him about the preparedness that you had with players uh, trying to build up their games in the cases of guys who have been here, and in the cases of the rookies who hadn't been playing in his case since January. You know plenty of time for those guys to build up, but it was surprising that he didn't do a ton of five on five action. Now, why is that? I don't think it was the injury. I think that's pretty far in the rear view. We're talking almost a year out now since he injured his foot. Uh, But who knows? Was there not availability where he lives there in South Carolina? Was there not a lot of workouts going on? I know a guy like Obi Toppin is in New York city with a ton of pros there. So he was able to get workouts in, but this whole COVID situation going on, who knows? You're not going to fault guys who were staying on the safe side, but yeah. But like you could see it two ways. One is Brad doesn't want to pump any tires early, which I could see, but that's more like a Belichickian thing. Usually you don't hear that. Brad well, he pulls some of that stuff. He does. He does some of that stuff too, but he was going out of his way here to be like, 
this guy's not even close to ready, you know, and without calling yeah. him out per se, because he didn't want to do that. Uh, he was just kind of saying like, and so I thought, oh, he's playing his way into shape or the foot's still bothering him. We weren't going to see him. Then he goes out and plays basically the entire second half, 19 minutes. I liked what I saw of him. It is interesting that that was Brad's take. And for whatever reason, it almost seemed in sort of a punitive sort of way that he didn't get any run with the starters, uh, whereas or in the first half, whereas Pritchard did. So it's interesting to make that comment about rookies, but to allow one of them to play. Um, That's you know, the difference. That's the key that, difference. There. It was a huge difference in how they were treated. And then Neesmith came out in total garbage time, basically played you know all the way through there. And again, we liked what we saw, but it is something there. You know, he's not. Yeah. He's clearly not where Brad wants him to be. It's interesting because it's not like the first rookie Brad's ever coached. And I can't really remember like a bunch of other instances where he was talking that way about, you know, whether it's Brown or Tatum or Smart or whoever it may be. I, I, I can't really recall that happening. So what John, you're, what you're saying is that this is a Danny Ainge pick and Brad Stevens did not support it. And he is not a fan of the pick and he will not let Naismith play this. Game. I'm not saying that I'm <laughs> at all. I'm saying everybody in this room wanted a different guy, but I'm also not saying that. I'm also not saying that. I'm also not saying that the other day on text I got rid really of right Jimmy supported it more already. than anyone. Jimmy was, I mean, he didn't name him by name, but he wanted that type of guy. So we all yeah. wanted everyone wanted a shooter. And if yeah. he goes out there and he is a lights out shooter and that's all he does, fine. Great. Fine. Great. Yeah. Uh, but I think I adjust to that. Do- a little more on the, on the defensive end, though, you know? I, I think it really boiled down to that, guys. I think Steve is a perfect player. It's just interesting in whatever reason. Yeah. Brad Brad thought he's not far enough along to warrant rotation minutes. Well, Listen. let's do <laughs> let's do the thing. Listen. I mean, De- Duncan Robinson on the on the heat there. Not a big defender, and he started in the NBA in the NBA Finals, and he was draining shots left and right. So, I mean, you can't always have it both ways, but you take the shooter when you can get him. That's how Stevens coaches, and that's a thing. Like that's a, he didn't say defense in either of those comments, but that's what you think about when you think of saying the intensity of this level, what it takes to win at this level, that kind of stuff. That's the way Stevens has coached before, and he has been tough on rookies in that sense. Like Jalen Brown really had to earn his way in that first year on that Isaiah team, and. You know, Jason Tatum came in and defended right away. So I think that kind of gave him the edge right there. So Right, when nobody thought he would. But, yeah, yeah. The, the the defense has to come along before you have a chance at earning minutes. But just to simply say, the guy hasn't played since January and can't get up and down the court was kind of like, oh, <laughs> nobody, asked, to me. nobody asked him that. Right. You know? I, asked, I asked the question. It had nothing to do with Naismith. Nope. Right. <laughs> But it, 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 all, it also could be him trying to protect Naismith, too. I mean, you got to think of it the other way around. He's yeah, almost preparing, preparing people for, hey, you know, this guy wasn't in the bubble playing with everybody. This guy wasn't playing, you know, 45 days ago, you know. So let's give him a little bit. Let's give him a little runway that's here. Let's give him a point. break. So I think that's more in line with how Brad is as a, as a human being. So that's probably where he's coming from. But you can see how you could – if you're somebody like me or John, you can see how you can flip that but, completely. <laughs> Jimmy, again, it's always what's it's. I'm always, I just rate everything on the plausibility scale. You can make all of those points without pointing out that he hasn't played since January. You can easily just say, you and you can easily yeah, make the but, point without saying he's having a tough time getting up and down the court. You can just simply say the rookie learning curve is really steep considering these guys have had no training camp, no time to get acclimated sure. to the system. And, and it's going to take a while with these guys. I just want to warn you, you can, that you could do that blanket statement about all rookies and just rinse and repeat over and over again. Every time you're asked, if you, all you want to do is protect them and pump the tires, but to take two shots like that and be like, this dude can't even freaking get back on defense. That was a, that was a different level of comment from Brad. I hadn't quite heard anything That's all. You can accomplish the thing you guys are saying differently is all I'm to, saying. To Jimmy's point though, there was a ton of hype around. I see it. Now I see it. Now I see it. We we yeah, called him the like that. He was like Neesmith, like this <laughs> this freaking guy, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we we, we called him the best shooter in the draft. 
Uh, people were making the case for him starting. So there was definitely a hype building there that he tried mm-hmm. to quell to some degree, whether, oh, like Jimmy said, to try to uh, protect him and the expectations a little bit or to just kind of set everybody's expectations in the right place again. Because, again, we're talking yes. about a rookie here, and we saw what rookie production looks like last year. Guys, we will answer questions, I promise, people are saying in the chat. We absolutely will. We're just rolling through some stuff here. I saw Wesby B saying about answering questions. We'll get to some for sure. Uh, and there's some interesting stuff in the comments right now regarding Neesmith uh, and what, uh, what what might be going on there, but I can't. It's unverified. You can try to figure out how we feel about him. Do you guys not like Neesmith? Or... Post that question when, it, when we get to it. It's unverified. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, anything else to put a bow on this game? And I do want to hit a couple other things around the NBA uh, before we uh, before we uh, wrap the show. Um, yeah, well, the one thing I want to ask Bobby is, so Bobby, I don't know if everyone watching knows this, is fairly low on the Sixers. Is anything changing your mind after preseason game one? I'm glad you bring that up. <laughs> do they look all that different to you guys? And, again, the yeah. hype train's rolling. There's a few ancillary differences, but the core is the same. Embiid's jacking shots. Simmons is just doing a straight line drives. There's no cohesion between them, really. They're both great players, but do they enhance each other or anything like that? I thought Danny Green was effective, especially on the defensive end. That guy makes an impact, and when you can shoot and defend like he can, he's going to be a pretty steady rotation guy for them. But Seth Curry, he's a shooter, didn't knock down his shots tonight, non-defender. That's going to be a guy who's tough to play against wing-heavy teams like Boston, like Brooklyn. And then you get into the bench, it's a lot of question marks. It's Tyrese Maxey looked good for them. Uh, they have a few yeah, decent yeah. rookie guys, but again, like they dumped Horford and they picked up a few shooters. They didn't sign James Harden yet. Once we get hey, there, it's a hey. completely different story. Yeah, but it's a trickle walk the door, Bobby. Come on, it's a trickle down effect too. You might be able to activate a guy like Tobias Harris a little bit better um, by having more space and not having uh, Horford out or there. Doc Rivers. So, yeah. And you create more you, you have more shooters out there. That opens things up for Simmons to drive. Just more yep. opportunity there. It's really more, um, you know, the addition by subtraction sort of thing. You needed to get less of, you know, you needed less big and, and goofy and, you know, whatever it was they had last year that wasn't working and you needed shooters. So that's that, that's it. I'd say there is a difference. And you still have Howard coming in off the bench if you need him. He looked him. good. He did. He's, yeah, he I mean, looked Dwight Howard. I think Mike yeah, Scott. That's, that's an asset. That's, that's a real asset. Thing. I mean, I, I hate D- Dwight Howard, but that that for what you need him for on that team, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. And those two shooters, Bobby. I mean, that's pretty much what they need, right? They didn't have. They don't have JJ anymore. And you know, when 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 Ben Simmons went down, you can see how much they really need shooters. So they have two, you know, two new ones. I mean, they're not, you know, over the top, but I think I they're better. Danny Green. So they're Danny Green. My problem with Danny Green, and now we do this whole thing, the winner. He won the championship with Toronto. He won with the Lakers. He didn't do anything really with either team in those postseason runs. He oh, was damn, dead, 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 cold, really damn. dead cold from three. Great defender and, again, a veteran. So another guy in the room, and the body language was much better with them today too. They were talking about the bench going crazy. And, and B did have a great game, you know, so – We'll see with them once the real games start going, once they figure out their rotations. But those two guys, hold it back a little bit. The thing I was most impressed by with the Sixers, did Bobby freeze? No. Sorry. My bad. You froze on me, so I I started talking. Go ahead, Bobby. I I was saying just reel back on those two guys. Green wasn't great the last two postseason runs, even though we did win. Curry's a non-defender, so he's always going to be tough if he's getting targeted defensively to play him. Phenomenal shooter. One of the best shoot- role guys in the league shooting. They got him for nothing, so I'm not going to knock the additions, but maybe just a little bit overrated. This team's only going to go as far as its core pieces really start to lock in and mesh. Yeah, that's the Celtics too, though. I mean, that's every team. You're only going to go as far. Oh, they have have fewer question marks in the Celtics. Celtics swept them last year, and I know Simmons was out. But again, we're talking about a we're talking about a first round exit. No, I'm just saying Jimmy's talking about question marks. The Celtics have relatively their core has proven themselves. Philly, we're talking about a team that Jimmy Butler brought to the second round and lost, and now he's gone. And what do they have between those two? And what have they done? Like it's just the, the track record's not there. But you, but you would, but Bobby, you would say that the Sixers had a better offseason than the Celtics, would you not? Yeah, 
You would have to. I mean, they, they overhauled their coaching in front office. They brought in two shooters, um, you know, and I think they're still going to look relatively this. This is preseason game one. Doc Rivers has been there for like three weeks and these guys have barely even said hi to each other. So I don't think he's, they've really done a lot to change who they are or who they were, but I think they have those capabilities. They're going to work on, you know, I don't know what Doc Rivers is capable of with the X's and O's and all that, but I would imagine he's going to work on incorporating Green and Curry to offset the lack of outside shooting from somebody like Simmons, right? So, I mean, I think that they've got a good thing going on there, and I think their attitude was their biggest issue last year. So if Doc Rivers can come in and change that, um, then that's that's the biggest thing that's going to help them because the skill is yeah, there. I agree. The with Celtics, you. we already know. Celtics, we already know. Not to cut you off, Jose, but just like their their big issue right now is health and lack of depth. So. Exactly. That's such a. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say uh, at least their core players are healthy in comparison to the Celtics, right. or at least Celtics don't even have the same core players they had last year. Whereas Philly does. I, I mean, yeah, health is always a concern. Joel and B, Ben Simmons, this team has to be healthy, especially those guys moving forward. But you know, to Jimmy's point, Doc Rivers, I think this is a new voice, and I think Doc has a lot to prove in the NBA. Uh, you know, the way things ended with LA. Uh, he yeah. clearly, I don't think he agreed with it. You know, he had the exclusive with Rachel Nichols to confirm it, saying, look, it was the bubble. I didn't think that was fair. You know, I thought that it was a unique circumstance, and he didn't think that, but whatever. But he put it was, look, I, the, for the day organizations ask me if they still want me, that's that's the day it's time for me to move on. And then, so he did. So I think he has that in his mind. He has a lot to prove. He's got, you know, Paul George yapping that, you know, I guess Doc didn't use him correctly. So I think Doc has a lot to yeah, prove. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And I, yeah. I agree with you 100% there, Joe Sway. Pandemic, bubble, all the things going around that team there. He waited four days and he got that job offer right after this. And all you do is move on to the assistant coach in that position. So he got a he got a bad situation. I know Gorman talked a little bit about that on the broadcast too. I never liked the dock firing in LA. It wasn't their problem. And he's got a good situation on his hands here. The one thing I'll say in favor of them though, versus the Celtics as we transition into this year, Joel and Ben have experience being the faces of this team. Tatum and Brown, they're moving into a little bit of a different position now in terms of being one and two on the roster definitively. So there is experience uh, with Philly of them being in that position, whereas Boston, you are shifting around those pieces a little bit. I'm pretty confident, though, that Boston, once they get their roster healthy this year, does have a better team than them, uh, just because I don't like the fit issues there still between the stars. But, you know, it's close. It's going to be close. I had Boston at four and Philly at six. There won't be much separation there. Uh, I'm really Philly. impressed by Ben Simmons' um, three-point stroke he's been working around in the offseason. <laughs> Doc's working on it, man. I'm telling you. Gonna happen. What's he gonna do that Brown did? Brown was Brown at the bullhorn. Shoot, shoot, and he wouldn't do it. So I don't know what Doc can do differently. Did any of you guys hear Doc swearing a lot tonight? I feel like I heard him. <laughs> he, he went through like five times, like like so clearly you could hear him every word out of it. It looked like he was talking to Joel and B. So I like it. I like those bench guards. They got Shake Milton. Uh, Tyrese Maxey look excellent today. That's another guy we're going to look at and say the Celtics had a chance to pick him, and uh, we'll see what happens. Because... How about Eibel, man? That guy was went from a starter to – Oh, man, he's gone. Yeah, he was awful in the playoffs last year too. That's true. But, geez, he's like – he's almost G League bound, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good defender, nothing on offense. You, yeah. you need a little bit of O. Uh, Bobby, I got to tell people about legends, but I can't find it anywhere, so I'm gonna have to do it a little bit later. The legends. <laughs> Just thinking out loud, John. So. I'll get. I'll get. Isn't Joe Sway? Is Bobby Sway Reed? I gotta tell. I gotta tell the people about it. No, uh, I think I remember it. Isn't it Horford twenty? You do it off the top of your head. Just guess, Jimmy. Just. <laughs> I think it's you get the legends. Shirts and they're cool. The legends. And- yeah. Yeah. Thelegends.com. Joe Sway is wearing one right now. Joe Sway. I'm not you, uh, like you want no, to show, show us a little label that you got going on that uh, right on that shoulder there. Thelegends.com. Yeah. I mean, it's dude, we're getting snow on Thursday. You want to bundle up. It's not too late. I think if you ordered now, I'm not, I have no idea if this is true, but if you order now, guarantee to get your order by Christmas. I have no idea if that's oh, true. Oh, yeah, you're no, really going on. Quick. <laughs> They're quick. Two yeah, days. maybe maybe that's good enough. Four for twenty was it twenty percent off? I must yeah, it was four right for twenty. You got that. There you go, and that's you that's for it. About roughly sixty or so with the with the discount. Thelegendsbrand.com/slash/horford is where you want to go. Slash for that. Horford. 
And then the okay. promo code Horford20 gets you 20% off. Um, awesome hoodies like what Josue is wearing. They're actually pretty cool. $75. A lot of other places are charging $100, $150. They're $75, comfortable. But with that discount, Bobby, it's not $75. So go buy it, guys. Yeah, it's $60. We cobbled together a perfectly good ad read here. Of course we did. What do we got? John, are we we transitioning from this game to the league now? Because I need to transition this right now. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, I just want to say this. While while the Celtics team was going on, if you guys were on Twitter, you saw the James Harden picture. And you all know Woo! what picture we're talking about. It looks like he – I mean, those – I'll say what, those those chicken wings or whatever he's been eating in the offseason, those must be really good. Those yeah, must yeah. be really good, man. <laughs> I tweeted that the McRib is back, and that's simply – I mean, that's all I could say about, about that picture. Well, I this is. Say, I watched some of the. I watched some of the game it, it, with the uniform. He looked not nearly that. That was a horrible picture. That was a bad <laughs> optics. Remember? Oh, here we go. Great comparison. John's gonna love this because this is what John would do in the spot. Pablo Sandoval that year when he came in oh, overweight. I was there. The picture they got though with the belly oh, leaking dude. out and all yeah, oh, that was, was the worst picture. It was Silva for Boston.com, and and it was just. Twisting and the, and the flying everywhere. So the thing was, though, he really was that fast. Yeah, this thing going. <laughs> That's the difference. And then, and then days later, his belt exploded on a swing. Uh, no one would get a worse. Oh, right that. But it was you're, so bad. We every he walked by us, and we're like, they're like, we're like, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't lose weight. No, this guy's so huge. Orphans when he would like strike out, he, oh, no, he would thick. he would run to first and then in slow mo they show him getting out and then everyone would emphasize or zoom in on the. So this um, could be an amazing feat because Harden he's not always in the best shape, but he, he can get into that shape by playoff time. We see him there. That's he's really right. How but, do you trade for that? <laughs> well, this so is what I think. Oh, like the point is. What I, what I think going on here is he's got the protest fat going on. He he's like, all right, you want me to show up? This is what I'm going to look like. You can't yeah. show up like that and start, start making demands. <laughs> it's part of his first. Well, I mean, he's already naming teams with two years yeah, left. I mean, can't do with that. you can't show up with a frigging drumstick in your hand and be like, I want to get traded. Well, that's, you know, like- that's, the way, that's the way he's carried himself. It's amazing to even see him show up at this point because this has been so shameful. This is one of the worst displays of a star on a team leading it the way he wants to because they've given him the keys. You want Paul out? Westbrook in? Fine, we'll do it. Maury didn't want to do that, and it was a disaster. And of course, it was because the two guys don't fit together. Once Harden realizes that he wants Westbrook out and Wall in, and now that's not good enough. He has two years left. He's in no position to be naming teams. If they get a deal from Sacramento, they should do it because this guy, he's in no position to leverage right now, and he's handling this awful. Well, I'm kind of worried about James Harden South because if he goes to Philly, now he's got the, the cheesesteaks to worry about. If he goes to Brooklyn, you know, you got the pizza. I don't know where you can ship this guy for, you know, in order for him to, you know, not end up with diabetes at this rate based on the picture that I saw tonight. <laughs> now, the other thing I'll say is all-time fat guy move, and there's people watching this right now who could probably agree with me. The, the bigger your beard is, the harder it is to sort of see that, you know, chubby mm. face, a couple rolls going on it's the neck. It's the so, reason yeah. I grew a beard. <laughs> and then when, and then you lost some I'm not kidding. I was like, job. you know what? It frames my face and it hides this thing. And then yeah. I, it wasn't until I lost weight. I'm like, all right, I can shave again. All time fat guy move. Just just kind of hide those rolls and and like you can't even tell he's fat until you, you see a picture like that. Like there it is. <laughs> there it is. Now now him shave. Him shave. There he is. <laughs> You know those jackets with some of the. Yeah, I just heard. I got the inside NBA theme playing in my head right now. <laughs> All right, we're going to, we're going to commercial. Thick, thick, thick man, right there. That's. Hey, I'm he sorry. Can bully his way to the rim. <laughs> I mean, you must have some layers. Oh, like, I'm going to say, Jimmy, you got some of those jackets. You got some of those winter jackets with that. He looks like Perk. That can make you look a little poofy. (laughs) That's like like post-playing career Kendrick Perkins. I'm sorry, Perk. He knows. Perkins is a big three. 
It would look good in a suit, not a t-shirt. Oh, man. Fat guy in a little suit. Anyway, I don't know, guys. It's kind of a job now. It's a short offseason, too. This is a short time to happen. Let's go through the whole the whole situation, okay? Giannis signs yeah. the, the Supermax. Sorry, did you see the picture of him? Polar opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Will. Milwaukee. <laughs> they don't even – what do they have to eat in Milwaukee? Nothing. Yeah, five more years in Milwaukee, though. It was in Greece, Mediterranean diet, right, John? Spartan diet. His Spartan existence. He doesn't – yeah. yeah. Um, cut, Mediterranean cut. diet's all the rage. But, yeah, spend some time in Greece. Um, it doesn't matter. Big win for small market teams. Um, yeah. Interesting here because now we don't have this mad chase um, over the next couple of years of like, oh, crap, which super team is going to be created? Toronto, Miami, go get them and blah, blah, blah. He's there. Bucks are going to be a presence for years to come as long as Giannis is there. It's, I'm, I like seeing the little guy win this situation, um, a mid-market team. Uh, you know, I'm so tired of frigging every single – free agent going to New York or LA. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy this happened. So this is, I think it's a win for everywhere, uh, for basketball, for Milwaukee, for Giannis, ma- quarter billion dollars. I mean, it's a massive contract extension. Um, you know, it's just not fun though. I don't mind. I, mean, I like, I, I, I hate, unless you're, unless you're cause you know how it ends. Like, what's the, what, what's fun in knowing where the guy's going to go? Like, I, you know, well, I mean, I I obviously didn't want to see him just sign with a team like the Lakers, like every you know every other superstar may or may not. So, I mean, in that sense, I'm glad that he stayed. But it's just the fact that it's like to me, and no offense to anyone who's a Bucks fan, it's just Milwaukee's kind of like a whiff. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 you know, you watch like TV ratings and such. Like, it's hard to even really get pumped for like a game against the Bucks as opposed to like a game against the Heat or the Sixers or the Lakers or. You know, probably a couple other teams that would you'd pick before the Bucks, even when they're good. It's just like that's eh, the Bucks. Yeah. That's just kind of how I feel about that. It's like, it's like yeah, it's like I, I obviously like- understand why Giannis is going to sign a supermax deal. Like I get it. I'm not knocking the decision at all. But it's like at, at the end of the day, like I don't know, could he have made more marketing wise if he signed with another team for less? But like, just based on de- deals between like advertising and wherever wherever city you end up with, who know who knows how much you could have made elsewhere. Yeah, well, that's like, that's there's, like, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of Sean Kemp talk on the James Harden pick, and it just cracked me. <laughs> oh man, that's how oh, anyway. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Come on, man, that's like seventy five pounds more. Like, come on. Don't I saw do that. Charles Bark. I saw a Charles Barkley one too. <laughs> we can go. Yeah, Watch Sean Kemp in the final years of his career, man. It wasn't pretty, man. Don't do that. He, he's not that big. <laughs> that um, so, week, but that that's week the now. Off when to. So that's the question now. Um, I was watching the TNT broadcast a little bit, uh, and then I switched over. And when I was, Scal was talking about um, on the on the NBC broadcast, he still thinks Philly um, is possible for Simmons there. I, again, personal, about Harden now? I don't know what the point of Harden is. I don't know why you would trade him. I don't know. He's undeniably great, but why do you want? Why do you want that? You know, like <laughs> it's protest fat, John. It's coming right off when you know he lands. I, mean? right I don't want. I don't want a thirty-year-old guy who doesn't want to play defense, who demands the ball for a twenty-five-year-old asset. You know, like yeah, what if you're Toronto? You know, for two Toronto? years. I don't want that. So this is Philly's in the position that Boston was in. You have the best deal is Kyrie. It's Kyrie for Harden, and it would be the best. Honestly, I would love that. I don't think Houston's interested in that. I I think Brooklyn wants to give Kyrie and Durant a chance before they just make that trade. I mean, I mean, Houston Houston would say no to that. So I don't even think that's on the table. Miami's the interesting one because they have the right balance here. Philly's in a tough spot. It's going to be Simmons or Buss to acquire him. And that is a tough guy to give up in a trade. And we had a disagreement about this earlier, Jimmy, but you have three young assets in Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and I guess you can throw Precious to Chew in there as their latest draft pick, multiple picks for years to come. They're great. They had excellent rookie years. They're young. The potential is massive. But that's 
they're assets for a reason and the assets have been valued to the highest degree now by what they just did. So all of a sudden you can trade those guys probably, maintain your core and Bam and Jimmy and add a third star. I mean, they'd be the only three star team in the NBA at that point, right? So it makes all the sense in the world there. The no, fit could be no. Jalen, Jalen, Jason, and Tristan. <laughs> Tristan's no, market, not bad. Market. They have a body. <laughs> if you're the Miami Heat, you're thinking to yourself, we just went to the NBA Finals. We're only getting better. We don't need this guy. Like, yeah, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be tough. That's a hurdle. But, you know, in the Milwaukee, you know, Giannis just re-upped. But I like my chances, you know, if I'm Miami. You know, it, it, they haven't really lost a whole lot from last year. And they were able to replace them with a couple of good pieces. And they're getting better. And Ben Adebayo, you know, like, I just think he's, Miami's better off just keeping what they have and just running back and continue to get better and sort of build their, build their dynasty from there. Uh, the Giannis thing is a devastating blow. If I'm Miami, I'm like, man, like Drew Holiday, was that all it took for this guy to just recommit? But then again, maybe they have what, the- to put it this way, guys. After what I saw with Russell Westbrook, uh, will we really be shocked if two or three years, if, if Milwaukee can never get over the hump, if they never get to the NBA Finals, are you going to be shocked that Giannis wants out and he'll be granted that? Yeah, absolutely. That- he can do that in a couple of years. He's so many times. Russell Westbrook got traded twice. I didn't think he could. Right. I didn't think that was possible. A forty-plus mil is on his deal. Forty-plus mil mm-hmm. per year. He got traded. Joe Sway, if you have the chance to trade for the best scorer in the NBA for three bench players and picks, you do it. You just but, do it. Okay, you, you, you're saying three bench players. Now you're diminishing what Tyler Hero actually is, though, by saying that because you no, know that's that, not just a bench player. You still probably do it, but it's it's it, you still probably do it. But here's yeah, the thing. Okay, fine. Centered around the package, but your your window your window is now much more in the now than it is when with just Jimmy Butler because now you're bringing on hard so now you have two 31, 32 year old star players right. So well, they're right there. I mean, they made the finals last year, and what what pushed I, what I, kept them from pushing over the top? The offense. They didn't have enough offense. But wouldn't you say the same thing you say about the Celtics is that some of those players are going to get better? You're banking on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to get better. Are you not banking on Hero? And out of bio to get better, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, Robinson could theoretically get better on offense and do more than just shoot threes. I mean, there, there, there's the the bridge years that we've talked about with with teams where you want to have stars in the now and stars in the future. You trade a guy like Hero. I mean, that's a guy that you could have. I mean, a guy that you could have on your team for the next eight years. Um, you know, controlled. You know, I mean, it's 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 going to take a lot to get rid of him. For somebody like Harden, who you got, you're going to have him for was it three years? Does he have an opt out? He's two years, he but I think it. the key there is they can probably keep him. It's Miami. It's a great team. It's a good situation. It's a club city. Like they'd be able to resign him feasibly, and I think that would be a big motivating factor there to doing but that deal. You, you, your your team like the Heat, you're so close with the players that you have, and you probably think that you're going to get better without making major moves. Now, so let's say you bring in a guy like Harden who completely changes everything. I mean, you're just a completely different team. It's tough to bring on a player like that and know what you're going to get out of the players around you because he just changes everything. He commands the ball. He, you know, he's going to take 20 plus shots a game. What does that mean for a guy like Bam or, you know, I mean, I guess Butler's not like, we saw what Butler could do on offense when he takes, when he takes over, but I guess he's the type of player who could theoretically watch as James Harden takes over. Yeah, but absolutely. Then you're kind of not using the, back the way you could use him. They're actually done it again, again. They're perfect in that regard because neither Butler or Adebayo needs the ball in their hands at all times. Um, so the, yeah, you're not. Here's my question for you, Jimmy. Do you do you ever see them becoming a championship team, winning the championship with the core they have right now? Do you really? Um. Listen. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I don't think they'll they could the win it all with the score. I think the Lakers are still. I think the Lakers are still the best team in the NBA. But I mean, Bobby, they went to the. What are you talking about? Wait, hold on, Bobby. Where do you, where do you put Bam out of bio? Like, where, where's his ceiling for you? Because I, I feel like. I mean, they went. To I don't think it's ridiculous to think in the next couple of years that they won't be, you know, legit title contenders. Well, Bam would be there either there way. He's are. obviously untouchable. You know, I would not trade are. Bam for Harden. 
But you had a piece to push you over the finish line, I think, in Harden. He can do that. Now, again, Harden's going to have to make some changes here. He's going to have to commit to what the Heat do, their coaching staff, their style. They're going to use him in ways different than bounce, 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 step back three. There'd be a lot more versatility on the ball, off the ball. He'd have to be willing to commit to all of that. And he'd have to know what he's getting into there if he has them among his desired destinations. But if he's able to be shaped and molded, and I still – talk to people who think that he can the way he was in Oklahoma City to play a different kind of role that team would be championship favorites right up there with LA they'd win the east with relative ease I think Miami's kind of they've sort of taken on like Jimmy Butler's like persona like it's kind of like they're tough as nail like they're tough like they grind it out they play harder than you and I mean I think if you brought in a guy like Harden that just kind of changes that's true. It's a risk. That's a risk. I mean, like, what what happens to you know? Does Jimmy but what does Jimmy Butler think about that? I mean, sure. I mean, I I don't know what their relationship is. I don't know how Miami gets it done though, because you're right. They don't have that next piece. If Hero's the number one signature piece going over, it's not enough. You know, it depends uh, what else is out there. Like, it all comes down to whether or not Philly's going to do Simmons. Yeah. So you wait on Simmons, uh, but I, at the end of the day, I think I think Houston's just going to eat it. You know, Thank before you. Harden does. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they make the trade if, if Harden wants out? I mean, they don't really have many options. I don't think anyone's. I don't think the him. teams that can offer stuff. Look, here's the thing: Simmons is the only no star. NBA steps in. You know, really teams that you think might might be interested, and everything else is a collection of spare part, not spare parts, but extras. You know, it's a package centered around Tyler Hero or a package centered around Dinwiddie and Lavert. You know, like in Brooklyn, like it's you're not getting right. near. Would you rather have Lavert? Would you rather have Lavert or Hero? Hero, probably Hero. Probably Hero. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that's not enough because Hero might be like a fringy, like almost All Star player at his at as ceiling. You know, like. He might not even be. He, there's no lock. He's perennial all-star level player. He might just be nice. He might just be a nice player. No, you know what? He's exactly what he is. He's a young player who has shown tremendous promise that you can sell as that centerpiece in a trade. Would you Maybe. regret it? Maybe. Small piece for for a guy of Harden's stature. Well, I think that, I think that's why you do it if you're them. Now Houston, it's another. It's not a slam dunk for Houston, and the reason you probably eat it if you're the Rockets is because you need to get a slam dunk return on this player. Like this is not a trade you can screw up, or you're going to be. I don't the think they can make it if, if it's not with if it's not with Philly for for Simmons. I don't I don't think they can make it with those other two teams. So I think he stays put. But wait, wait, wait. What do you mean they don't? They they're gonna have to trade him. Houston's I mean, just, what? Houston's gonna team? tell him we can't find a partner for you, so you got to play here. They're not just gonna trade him for nothing. Yeah, they Why got not? two years. So there's an they got two years. He's not gonna sulk and eat, eat, eat. He's not gonna eat himself, dude. He can't waste two years. <laughs> His next contract will be shit at thirty three years old at three hundred and twelve pounds. You know, like he can't do that. His values, his value is gonna go further and further down, though. The longer this, tra- I mean, the less control you have over the guy that you're trading for, the less you're for him. So he can't sulk and pout. He's got to just play. He's got to play. No, but the, but the, for the Rockets too, they're the more they hold on to the guy, the less value they're gonna get in return for him. It's just a matter of luck of what what teams become. Yeah, or you just wait it out until Gloom just steps up. You know, at the trade deadline, that could always happen too. This is not a trade you rush. It's just that exactly. It's just not a. That, I think that you kind but if you're Houston, yeah. um, I just think you, you find the right team and don't worry about it. It's going to be a championship contender. But then again, it's like those are the pieces that you want. You want to get the best pieces out of the deal. So that's what the good pieces are. Yeah. Do you I mean, do it way, if you're Philly? Do you do it if you're Philly? That's a, t- that's a tougher question there. I think you do to shake things up there, to form a pick-and-roll duo. Yeah, with. Right, they're going to shake things up, but it did it from the beginning. And you, you know I'm in that camp. I've, I've been wanting to see Simmons and Embiid. I just don't think that it's going to work. But they're determined or they're – they're saying this is it. This is the last try with Doc Rivers. So, we'll hey, it's worth giving it a shot because if you have that piece, you can always offer it as long as he's healthy later. So there's real no no rush for Philly either, unless things start really bad there, which they probably won't. Uh, okay, let's, I think if you're go ahead, no, go ahead, Jimmy. We, we, we can move on, but I, I, Toronto. Uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Before we head on Toronto, no, I was gonna say I agree. I think if you're Philly, I think. 
if it's between Miami and Philly, I think it makes more sense for Philly to take the risk because I think they're further away from a championship than Miami is. Um, so for me, I think Philly, I think Harden would make, would make them better. I think Harden in, in a place like Philly, like in the city would be pretty electric. Um, and I think that they would probably love having him there. And I think that would be good for ba- a good move for basketball too. If, if he went to a city like that, um, so I think I'd be more willing to to make that trade if I was if I was Philly. Um, it makes I think it definitely makes you better um, because I, I don't think Philly I don't think Embiid Simmons I don't know if that's ever going to work. So I don't either. So talking Toronto strictly from a Toronto perspective, this couldn't be any better news for them. So they miss out on Giannis one day. All of a sudden, they're probably in the mix on this with Siakam, with some of the other young pieces they have. Now, the tough question for them is going to be how much of this core do you blow up because they're going to have to trade quite a bit here to make this happen. You might even have to move on from Fred Van Fleet in this situation, which would be a tough pill to swallow for them. But if you stack together uh, OG, Ananobi, Siakam, and Fred Van Fleet, you're getting somewhere there. I mean, collectively, that's probably actually a pretty close package to what Miami would be offering in that regard, along with all the picks. And those picks might actually be more appealing to Houston because Toronto's closer to that end game of the Lowry core uh, than Miami would be. I mean, they'll have years and years and years of Harden, Bam, and Jimmy. So that could be an interesting one. And we know Masai Ujiri is willing to take that risk, willing to go all in for that one run like he did with Kawhi Leonard. They 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 suddenly become a very intriguing team here with this flexibility and no longer pursuing Giannis. Yeah, yeah I like no, that too. I like those pieces for them because if you're Houston, you get a little bit of everything. You know, you get draft picks, you get a big, you get a wing, and you they're all what under and, see, and Siakam like Siakam's at that a, spot now. Oh, not Siakam, but yeah. Well, well, Siakam's at that spot now where if you can get off him for Toronto with this kind of return, a Harden. All of a sudden, you're not leaning on this guy who was extremely disappointing last postseason being your guy going forward into the future. And Houston can probably sell themselves on this guy who's a number two on a championship team in a different situation with a different coach, getting back to who he is and becoming a great player again outside the bubble. Yeah, yo, Bob, call the the prime minister. Let's see see what he said. Let's do it. Get Toronto back. And uh, the thing is, they're in Tampa Bay. I mean, come on. Why'd they choose Tampa Bay? Oh, yeah, Bay? right. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Decision. Guys, we are going to wrap it, I believe, um, because we we've got, got questions. You you promised the people. You I, did this I, <laughs> I did, and I was scanning, and really it just became uh, just, uh, just fat shaming. Just fat shaming James Harden a lot of, <laughs> lot of, lot of, lot of whatever. Next, so. next time we get a strike while the iron's hot. So we will uh, we will take questions next time we've got what do we got guys coming up Saturday is the Brooklyn Nets at TD Garden Ooh, Kyrie finally coming home Oh baby is it Friday I'm or Saturday my Saturday night Friday. I believe it's Saturday Saturday What day is it It's Friday. it's the 15th so we're talking 16th Oh Friday all right good math guys Oh it's Friday I just I just took your lead I should have I should have covered it does anybody know for real? Or are we just it's making Friday, it up? the 18th? That's Friday. Good. Friday, even better. Yeah, I like Friday night game. Uh, so we've got that. We will be back live for it. Um, it is actually crazy interesting because it is Kyrie. Um, and uh, they look good. And, and it's the first time Jalen Brown's going to be on, on the court against him as an opposing player. Uh, and all of those guys he was mean to. Um, <laughs> not many left actually. There's not as many left as you think. All the kids, all the kids are going to be like, "Can I trade jerseys with you? You're great." Oh, you know, God. if Pritchard there's <laughs> Pritchard's going to be like, "Oh my God, can you sign my face?" You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the air, the air got taken out of that departure a little bit it over did. the year. We didn't process. get him back. We didn't get him back fast enough. Um, so we'll wrap that up. Um, no, no. Subscribe to our YouTube channels, guys. Multiple right now. Main one, uh, a lot of you guys are on. A few, uh, There's a bunch of people over on our Celtics channel. We're going to have a lot more content coming on that throughout the season. Uh, press conferences coming up later on tonight. And uh, some more uh, videos breaking down this game. Uh, subscribe to the channels. You will get notified every time we go live. We are going to do this after every game. And even more. Uh, so you're stuck with us all season long and longer. 
Uh, I'm afraid this cast of characters, but we'll rotate in some other people as well. We'll have a few friggin' not to diminish anybody in this room. There'll be some some heavy hitters uh, rotating in and out, joining us from time to time as well. Um, so uh, not to diminish us, though. Look for some fun <laughs> surprise guest appearance. Legendary Boston media figures. Yeah, legendary. Maybe a little Max phone call like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The draft. On, but, uh, I was so geeked up to be on that show. <laughs> he did. He enjoyed himself. I had to yeah. remind him so yeah. times he was on the show, but yeah, he did have fun. Max is going to jump on. Back. Goodman, Ryan, we'll have a bunch of people. It'll be a really good cast of characters coming in and out. So so stick with us. Thank you for joining Night Nets. We'll be back with some version of this group again. Uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Friday night. I know I'm going to be here. I assume you guys will be. A couple of beers, maybe some pizza. So, you know, everyone come join us. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the game. Probably have some mean things to say about Kyrie. Maybe not, though. Maybe, maybe we'll be nice. Who knows? Nope. No. You know what? I'm Probably not. Christmas. I'm gonna be in the Christmas spirit, so I'm, I'm gonna be the the nice guy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know about you three. You three are gonna be vicious, but I'm gonna be. No, I gotta. I, I gotta put up my tree. It's still. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I took it out of the shot. It it the it just, it's just sitting on the wall. Uh, it, Dude, it's gonna go up. But look at it. It's just a, just a sad tree. I feel right better now. Dude, I thought I was the only one to have mine up yet. Dude, no, I'm coming over to put that it. tree up for you. There's no stocking when you, trip, ha- when you have when you have little kids. You think you'd get into Christmas earlier, but it's so freaking exhausting um, that we're a little late to the party. So we'll we'll decorate. We'll decorate for the next wow. one. There you go. Perfect. Yep. All right. Uh, so again, for Bobby Manning, uh, CLS Media and Celtics blog, uh, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone. We're back on Friday. Thanks, guys. See you guys.